Let's say we are going to finish off the rest of Lamed Chesem and Beis in an effort in Merit Hashem to catch up with the daf a little bit. So we left off Lamed Chesem and Beis 38b, Eisve Abaye, which is two, four lines up from before the lines get wide. So the Gemara says, Eisve Abaye, Olebe Shamay in Safik Motzi Midevade. Is that true according to Beishamay? That a Safik cannot go ahead and override a Vadai? Vahatnan, we learned. A very interesting case. Let's say you have the following situation where there was a building collapse and the building collapse fell down upon a father and a son. Or ultimately, again, on the father and on his children. In other words, you'll see why this is. So remember, again, there are two creditors now for the two individuals who are deceased. There's Ksuva Sisha, there's a woman with the Ksuva, and there are creditors. Now, What's going to make a difference over here is in the way that the two people passed away. Who passed away first? So watch this. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, um, first wide line, so the inheritors of the father, they say, so they claim that ultimately, again, the son passed away first and the father passed away after him. Now, the reason to say that is why? Because if the son predeceased the father, then ultimately, again, the father inherits the son. The Bachov says, no, no, no. The creditors who, again, have their, have their debt against the son, they claim, they claim that the father passed away first, the son inherited him, and therefore, they have the ability to go ahead and collect their debt from the son's estate. So again, you have like a conflict of interest over here. So the ones who inherit the ksuva, or I should say the inheritors, the inheritors of the father, they say that halacha lamaisa, the son predeceased the father, therefore the father inherited the son, therefore they inherit the collective estate. The creditors say, no, no, no. The father passed, because the creditors are the creditors against the son. They say the father passed away first, then the son passed away, so therefore we get to collect our debt from that estate. Beishamah omrim yachloku. Beishamah says they split it. Obeisila omrim, no, no, no. Nechasim beches kasan. We keep all property in its previously established chazaka. Now, why is this interesting? But again, in this case, the inheritors of the father, they come with a vadai, a vadai claim, because they're the inheritors of the father. The balchov comes with a safek claim. And ultimately, what do you see from here? That a safek, can, a safek claim could go ahead and trump a vadai claim. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Here's a difference in this case. When there is a balchov, when there is a creditor, there is a document, there is a shtar. Beishamai holds it halacha lemaisa. A star. Once you have a document, that's as if that's literally a literally star omid lagavos a star which you could use for collection. It's as if the debt has already been collected, or in other words, it puts the creditor in as strong of a position as an inheritor. You know, we treat an inheritor like a vadai because that relationship is already established. The Gemara says when you have a star, having a star is the equivalent, ultimately, again, of, of being mochsak, of already being established in your claim. Therefore, we don't view the creditor as a safek, rather, we view the creditor as a vadai as well. So, really, it's a vadai claim of the creditor versus a vadai claim of the inheritors and therefore again basilo holds yachloku 
Excuse me. And how do we know that when you have a star, right, that makes your claim almost like a vada? The lashon of the Gemara is when you have a star, it's as if your debt is already collected. So from where do we see that if you have a star, this lends such a degree of credibility to your claim? This nan mesu ba'aleim. Interesting case, switching gears a little bit here to Sota. So let's say a woman suspected of adultery, husband warned her, do not be alone with a certain man. She defies the warning and she is alone with this man. So she becomes what we call a Sota. What's the halach of Sota? Woman has to drink the mixture of water with the dissolved parchment of Sota, dissolved letters, Parsha Sota. Let's say again, the following situation. So a woman now violated the, the warning of her husband and now she is to drink the waters of the Sota. And what happens? Let's say her husband died before she was able to drink the waters. Beishamah omrim no telesubasan. What happens? So Beishamah says, ultimately, again, no tlos ksuvasan ve'inan shosos. So Beishamah says, she gets to take her ksuva. Now that she's a widow, she gets her ksuva and she does not drink. Beishamah omrim o shosos olo no tlos ksuvasan. Beishamah says, no, listen, you'd have to drink. Or you give up your ksuba. In other words, if you drink and you survive, you get your ksuba. But if you don't want to drink, you forfeit your ksuba. Which the says, really? Oshosos? Is it possible that after the husband died, the woman's going to drink the sota, the sota mixture? I, the Pazik says, The Torah says the husband has to be present at the time that his wife drinks the, drinks the waters. And here the husband already died. Rather, what Basil means to say is like this. Once she can't go ahead and drink, therefore she does not collect her ksuva. I vahahaha the safeku the abahaha the safeku safek zanai safek lo zanai. But yet again, here we have a safek. Did she commit adultery? Did she not commit adultery? And yet what? The kaasi safek umotzi mide badai. And ultimately, again, the safek is enough. So there is a safek if she committed adultery, didn't commit adultery, is enough to go ahead and remove her from the vadai. That at one point in time she was entitled to the ksuba. El shmamina. Rather, what do you see from here? That a document, ultimately, again, that is usable for collection, it's as if the debt is collected. In other words, it creates a chazaka. So why doesn't Dabai answer from here as well? Could be that a ksuva is different. Ksuva is different. What's the point of ksuva? Ultimately, again, mishum chino. So actually, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, "Velus mimeha demasnisin ibeseder nashim va'abai lahakilo osim ksuva dekasavah shen ksuva mishum chino shenosin chen be'ine hanashim v'itartzuli naseficha hechzikua misafei." It's interesting that one of the things Aksufa accomplishes a couple of things. One of them, of course, is that it gives a woman a sense of financial security in the event, God forbid, of death or divorce. What it also does is, and, and by doing so, literally, again, it allows women to feel more comfortable getting married. Since a woman knows that she has some level of financial protection, ultimately, again, she feels more confident in getting married. That's what it means in Shemchina. So maybe because that there's an element of Ksuva that is there to make a woman feel more secure and safe in marriage and to allow her to feel more comfortable getting into marriage, that's why we allow her to collect women in this kind of case. I have a low Sveik Subasa. Velosve ksuvasa. So velosve the masnis. Sorry, 
I'm sorry, for low stakes, was the Masnison, so the Masnison, low Pligi. So again, ultimately, again, we don't want to bring up cases for which there is a Machlokes. Velo, is that true? Vahakatani, Mesa, Mayas, Avixuva, Sobin, Chasim, Nikhlas, Viotinima. Really, you don't want to go ahead and bring up cases for which there is a Machlokes, but the Mishnah itself has Machlokes. Because remember, again, in the case with the Shomeris, Yavan passed away. This was the Mishnah. So what's Talacha? Mayas, Avixuva, Sobin, Chasim, Nikhlas, Viotinima. What should we do with the property? With the Ksuva, first of all, or with the property that came into her with marriage, Besham Omim Yachloku, Yar Shebaam Yar Shav. Besham says they split it. They are the inheritors of the husband and the inheritors of the woman, right? They both split. They both split the the property, both the ksuba as well as any properties or, or possessions. Besil Omim Nechasim Becheskasan, and Besilal says ultimately again we leave the property in its previously established chazaka. To Rabbi says, see again we do record machloksim. Hachi comes what it means to say. Mesa Maya Sabik Suvasa if she dies, what should we do with her Ksuva? And ultimately, again, and leave the property that she brought into the marriage with her. Beishamai says they should split the ones who inherit the husband and the one who inherit the wife, her, in other words, her family. And Beisilo says the properties remain in their chazaka. So the Gemara says, furthermore, again, the diok for that is that what? It says that the inheritors of the husband with the inheritors of the father, and it doesn't say the inheritors of the father with the inheritors of the husband, which indicate to us that the Mishnah is only talking about the case of Ksuva and not as much focused on the case of not as much focused on the case of so let me actually just let me let me go back to this once more. I'm sorry. Let me let me just restate this again. So the Gemara says Velo. Now the Gemara is asking over here that Halacha Lamaisa. We just wanted to say that Beishamai doesn't agree when it comes to Ksuva. Is that true? Vahakatani. Let's just go back a couple of lines. Vahakatani. Let me read it once more because I realize I read it incorrectly. Mesa. Ultimately, again, if she died, this is the second case in the Mishnah. So she died when she is a Shomer Siyavam. So ultimately, again, what do we do with her Ksuva? And with the either nichsetzon barzel nichsemulg the property that comes into with marriage. So once again, beishamai om yachloki yoshevam yoshev ubeisil om nichasim becheskasan. So beishamai says they split it, and beisilol says ultimately we leave properties with with their in, in their previous chazaka. So what do we see from here? We see from here that halacha lemaisa that halacha lemaisa beishamai shita applies both. Ksuva, as well as to property which she comes into the marriage with, to which the Gemara says no. What happens if she dies? See, both say the way the Gemara is reframing it, and this is what part I want to just clarify. The way the Gemara is reframing it is that the discussion is about her ksuva. So the Gemara says, If she died, right, while she was a Shomeris Yavam, what do we do with her ksuva? The Gemara says, Ushavka. And then what happens? So this is, I'm sorry, I read it too quickly before. Shavka means that ultimately, again, we kind of put that on the side. We leave it. We leave it. So the, we, we ask, what do you do with her ksuva? 
leave that on the side, and then the Gemara kind of pivots to a new discussion. So again, when we speak about marital property that she brings in, so Beishamai says, we split it between the heirs of the husband and the heirs of her family. And ultimately, again, Beisilo says that so we leave the property in its previous chazaka. So the Gemara says, Rav Am Ravashi Masnisin Namideka. Ultimately, again, you can even bring a diuk in the Mishnah. What did it say in the Mishnah? Diktani Yachloku Yarshabalam Yarshav. We learned in the Mishnah that what it says that the inheritors of the husband should split with the inheritors of the father. Again, when we say the father, that means her mishpacha. But ultimately, again, it doesn't make any mention of, it doesn't say the reverse order. So ultimately, again, what do we see from this? So the fact that it only uses that order indicates to us that Allah is only referring to the splitting of but ultimately, again, is not talking about the Ksuva. It's not talking about the Ksuva, which supports this idea that Beishamai doesn't argue when it comes to the Ksuva. And indeed, the Gemara says, Shmamino, that Halacha Lamaisa Beishamai is only referring to the division of the property. Nechasim Anichnasim Ima, property, ultimately, again, that she brings into marriage, Nechasim Lugnasim Tzimbarzel, and ultimately is not referring to Ksuva. All right, we'll stop over here. We're not finished with this discussion. In other words, that we're still trying to figure out ultimately, again, how to distinguish between the Reisha and the Seifa in the Mishnah. And the Merz Hashem tomorrow will do the Halakha Lamaisa regarding this case as well. Namely, at what point in time does the Yavam really acquire rights to her property? And before that point in time, if something were to happen to her, who inherits? Merz Hashem, we continue tomorrow. So tomorrow we will pick up at Abaye Amar, Reisha Dinaflu, second line from the bottom, second to last line on the daf, Shkai Chabosei.